Good morning. Thank you for joining me once again. If you have the opportunity, uh, it's a convenient time, take your Bibles and uh, go over one book from where we were yesterday in the book of Philippians and go to the book of Colossians. And once again, we're going to be in chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in verse 15 and read verses 15 through 20 as we continue to think about what is the gospel. Uh, the gospel is uh, rooted in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The work of the Lord Jesus Christ would matter little if it was, wasn't for who he is, namely, uniquely, uh, the Son of God, the incarnate divinity, the incarnate deity, uh, the, the one who humbled himself for the sake of the gospel. And so we see once again uh, uh, the third of uh, passages that I've pointed out that speak directly, specifically, clearly, accurately to the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, you may on occasion, and I've, I can think of an individual I encountered a few years ago uh, that uh, said something along the lines, well, I believe that Jesus is uh, God's son, but he is not uniquely God's son uh, in the way that he is the God-man. He's, he's my savior, but he is not uh, the eternal second person of the Trinity. And of course, uh, to reject that truth is, I believe, to reject the son for who he is and to reject what he has done through who he is. So uh, we must believe that Jesus is exactly who the Bible defines him to be and that he did exactly what the Bible says that he did. And so let's look at uh, Colossians 1, beginning in verse 15, continuing to answer the question, what is the gospel? Well, uh, the gospel is rooted in the identity, uh, the essential nature of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, described and defined in this fashion. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, and visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on heaven or on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So God is essentially invisible. He is spirit. He does not have material uh, form. Now we would be wrong to think of God as simply a force. No, God is a person, and in fact, he is three persons, the three persons of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When uh, the Bible here refers to Jesus as the firstborn, the protokos is the Greek, that means that Jesus was not, doesn't mean he was created, that there was a time when he didn't exist and God the Father brought him into existence. No, 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 no. It means he has the rights of inheritance. He has the priority of the firstborn. And so all things were uh, created by him. We saw that in John 1, that he was there with God. He was God. He was at the beginning. He was active in uh, creation. And so uh, they were created by him, all things, everything, anything uh, that is, authorities, powers, the material world, they were created through him and for him. 
for him to be glorified by all of creation. And again, I would say even that uh, uh, the, the, the purpose of the fall is that there is no authority that can thwart the power and authority of God, that even though the fall had a ruinous effect as orchestrated by Satan himself, that does not get the final say that the Son is glorified by frustrating that particular plan, by restoring all of creation and all of the elect to a glory that is greater than the glory they had in creation. Therefore, redemption accomplished in Jesus Christ is a greater act even than creation is. And so uh, Jesus Christ is the creator and he is the head of the church. He is the authority uh, ultimately uh, in uh, the church and he is that which sustains the entirety of the created order. Uh, that there is a way, thankfully, uh, that things like gravity work, that the, uh, uh, the, the cycle of, uh, of the seasons and uh, the, the, uh, the cycle of uh, water and, and, and all of these things, the way the moon works and affects the tides, we could go on and on and on. All of things, things work like they're supposed to work because Jesus has designed them as such and he is still active uh, causing these things to work together as they should. And... Uh, Paul wants us to know that everything that God is has dwelled and does dwell in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not a denial, some type of, of uh, heretical statement about the Trinity denying the plurality, design, designing the unique and distinct personhood of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's simply saying that Jesus is fully God. He possesses all of the attributes of the Godhead in himself, as does the Father, as does uh, the Spirit. And so because he is who he is and he did what he did, he has reconciled that which was estranged, that, that which was hostile to God by his work on the cross, by shedding his blood. Again, uh, that terrible, awful reality that Jesus' blood was necessary for our salvation. There, the good news of the gospel. What is the gospel? The shedding of the blood of the precious Son of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we may be redeemed, so that we may be reconciled uh, to God. So what is the gospel? Well, it is what Jesus has done, dying on the cross, shedding his blood, so that our sins will be forgiven, so that we may be reconciled uh, to God because we were at one time his enemies, hostile to God, hostile to his agenda, and we were uh, by our very nature objects fit for the wrath of God. And so, uh, again, we thank you for your time this morning. I pray that this is a blessing to your day.